Welcome to Storytime with Michael Kingswood. I'm Michael Kingswood, a retired submarine officer. I'm also a private pilot, martial artist, engineer, and a lifelong fan of science fiction and fantasy. I've written and published dozens of stories across the entire spectrum of speculative fiction. So sit back, let your mind wander through realms of adventure as I tell you a story. Hey, welcome back to Storytime. It's Michael Kingswood here, and Happy New Year! I hope you guys had a great uh, Christmas and a great party last night for New Year's Eve. It's pretty quiet around here. Just uh, played with the kitties, watched the ball come down, and uh, sipping on some Prosecco. But anyway, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time getting this uh, squared away today, just because there's lots of fun family stuff to do here on New Year's Day, since I'm taking the day off from work. And, uh, but I didn't want to leave you without anything, so right here is a video, audio, rather, from a video I put up on YouTube a few months back. This one is reading the first short story I ever wrote. Hope you like it. Catch you next time. Hello, friends. This is Michael Kingswood, and man, I've been a slacker about making videos, haven't I? Been, uh, geez, like a month. What can I say? Retired from the Navy. You get a different job. You travel around the country for the job a couple of times, and you just do stuff with family. And next thing you know, your friends on the wild internet get forgotten. Sorry, now I'm being like the guy who back in the day who got the girlfriend, and next thing you know, you never see him again. Well, sorry. But anyway, I'm back. I got my Kona longboard logger, and look at this. I have recently been. Uh, Putting all my short stories into print, little bitty print books, chat books, that uh, I had meant to do for a long time. It was such a pain in the butt formatting them for, for print, to be honest with you, until this program that I love called Vellum uh, put out version 2.0 of itself, which makes print formatting a snap. Boom. Uh, literally, you know, like third maybe two minutes more work than it took you to to write the thing and get it ready to go in the ebook version and you can get a print book. So hey, this is a the first actually the first short story I ever wrote. Right here. In print format, which is cool. Um I had previously given this to my Patreon people as an ebook. Um and of course everybody can get it from the various stores, but I figured I'd read it to you guys and uh, see what you guys think. It's, uh, here's the description. It's called How Not to Rescue a Damsel in Distress. Bandits stabbed Larian's father and kidnapped his girl. Confident in his freshly learned swordsmanship, Larian set out to track them down, avenge his father, and rescue his first damsel in distress. Things did not exactly go as planned. <clears throat> Ready? Here we go. Larian awoke to find himself dangling by his wrists from a ring in the ceiling. He could just barely touch the floor with his tiptoes. Not quite enough to relieve the pressure on his wrist, though. The rope that bound them was rough. Already he could tell his wrists were rubbed raw. Things had most certainly not gone according to plan. Freshly graduated from the Marshall Academy in Tel Serralon, he returned home on leave to see his friends and family, and his girl, one last time before heading off to the front. 
There was a war on, sure, but the general staff was reasonable about those sorts of things. Some argued it was foolish to allow recruits to leave so soon, but Martavan would never do such a thing. But, then, isn't that why they were fighting in the first place? Larian was excited, excited to get out to the war, but he was still glad for the chance to say goodbye. To say he was disappointed and angered when he arrived home to find his father barely holding on to life from a sword cut and his girl kidnapped by brigands would be a vast understatement. When he learned the details of what happened, he strapped on his armor, belted on his sword, and set out after the brigands. Several of his friends tried to talk him out of it. The brigands were too strong. He was going to get himself killed. Rosalind would be dead or sold to flesh peddlers by the time he got up with them. But he would hear none of it. He was a trained soldier, the best swordsman in his recruit class, and these rabble would feel his wrath, by God. He never stopped to think that he was just one man against a dozen, or that some of those dozen may well have been trained as he, that some may have been army deserters, or that they had more experience in laying ambushes and tracking than he did. It was with almost laughable ease that he fell into the brigand's trap as he approached Jurgen's Peak. One moment, he was following the faint trail of their passing, and the next he felt a hard tug on his ankle and found himself hoisted up into the air, taken by a simple lasso booby trap. He didn't have time to curse his stupidity as the brigands emerged from the underbrush and set upon him. Though upside down, he was far from helpless. He managed to gut one of them before the others got his sword away from him and bound him fully. <coughs> Freshly minted soldier boy, trying to play hero, eh? Mocked the brigand's leader after the dust settled. Bet you came for this, didn't you? He tugged the rope in his hand, and Rosalind came stumbling out from behind a nearby tree. Her hands were bound behind her back, and she wore a collar around her neck, which was attached to the rope in the leader's hand. Anger blotted out fear in Larian's mind when he beheld his girl in that state. Let her go, you bastards, he growled. The leader laughed in his face. <laughs> Let a choice piece of ass like this go? Because you say so? Not a chance. Pulling Rosalind closer... He made a point of fondling her and gave Larian a lecherous wink. I think I'll keep you alive so you can watch me show her a good time or two before I do you like you did Rudrick over there. To his henchman, he said, Drug him! Larian struggled as best he could, but the brigands had little trouble forcing a potion of some sort down his throat. Before long, his head started to spin and he dropped into unconsciousness. So here he was, some hero. The worst part was that he'd be declared a deserter when he didn't return from leave. Not only would he be dead, but his family's name would be tarnished forever. It just wasn't fair. Frustration, fear, and despair all welled up in his mind, and he felt tears begin to form in his eyes. Blast it, he was supposed to be a soldier, a man. He needed to get a hold of himself. There are plenty of stories about fellows getting out of worse traps than this. He looked around the room, trying to find some way to free himself. In reality, Rune was probably a misnomer. He was in a small hollow of rock, maybe five feet across and five deep, with an opening leading to a larger rock chamber in front of him. It appeared he was in a cave complex. He didn't see any guards, but there was a flickering light to the left, and he heard a couple of voices engaged in conversation. More light came from overhead as well. Looking up, Larian could see a narrow shaft that allowed sunlight into the chamber. If he could just get to that shaft somehow, it looked like an easy climb. The voices, rose the voices became louder, and a moment later, two rough-looking men stepped into view. Both wore thick leather armor and had broad-bladed swords on their hips. Numerous scars crisscrossed the older man's face. The younger was actually fairly well-groomed, with strong features that Larian supposed a lady might find appealing. Seeing him alive, the older man emitted a nasty little giggle, 
and nudged his comrade with his elbow. Oh, good. Keep an eye on him. I'll let Willis know he's ready for the first session. With that, Scarface turned and hurried off. The younger brigand frowned slightly. Better for you, you're not awakened, friend. What's worth? Sorry for what's about to happen. Robbing a man, killing him in a fair fight is one thing, but this... He shook his head slowly. Not my thing. Is the brigand actually looking at him with pity? Well, you could just let me go if it bothers you so much. <laughs> you could say I managed to wiggle free and got the better of you. The brigand looked at him like he was nuts. I'm not that sorry. It's my ass. If Larian was amazed to see the tip of a sword emerge from the front of the brigand's chest. The brigand choked and spluttered for a moment, clutching and feigned at the blade. Then his knees buckled, and he slid off the blade into the floor. Dead. <laughs> Rosalind stood behind him. Larian's now bloody blade in her hands, and a fierce light in her eyes. Rosalind, how did she raise a finger to her lips, and he shut up. Moving quickly, she ducked out of sight, then returned a moment later with a stool which was set on the ground in front of Larian. Setting his sword down and pulling a knife from behind her belt, she stood up on the stool and, and set to work, cutting the rope. As she cut, she spoke, her voice barely above a whisper. The guy they had guarding me kept ogling, so I convinced him I would let him, well, you know. She flushed red in her cheeks, but her lovely face remained determined and focused. He kissed me, and I unbuckled his belt and pulled down his pants. Of course, he didn't think of anything but what he wanted, so he didn't notice I had a knife until I gelded him. Larian felt a sympathetic pain in his gut. True, these brigands were scum, but still, that was harsh. Wait a minute, what do you mean you kissed him? Rosalind gave him a level look. Focus, Larian. Do you want to get out of here or not? <laughs> yes, definitely. Then shut up, I've almost got it. She began sawing at the rope more briskly, and Larian could feel the knot begin to loosen. Hope, so close to gone a moment before, surged within him. They were going to get out of this after all. Then he heard voices, several of them, and getting closer. Hurry, Ross, they're coming. Ow! The last strand of the rope parted beneath Rosalind's knife, but before she could stop her cut, the knife also bit deeply into the flesh of Larian's right hand. The sudden release of the rope came as much a surprise as the cut in his hand, and he dropped to his knees before he was able to catch himself. He bumped Rosalind as he fell, and she tumbled to the floor also. They had barely begun to extricate themselves when three brigands rounded the corner. The leader in front. Here, what's this, then? The leader took in the situation at a glance, his scowl deepening when he saw his fallen man. You'll be in the long dying for long time in the dying, the both of you. Over his shoulder, he barked, Colin! Gil! The two fellows with him, one of them, Larian's old friend Scarface, drew steel and moved forward. Larian moved frantically to his feet, grabbing up his sword from where Rosalind dropped it. His right hand was covered in blood, but he had no time to wipe it off or stem the flow before the brigands were on him. He parried a cut from the first brigand and nearly lost his grip during his riposte when the blade twisted in his grip. As a result, the flat of the blade struck the brigand on his cheek, so what would have been a killing blow merely sent the fellow reeling into his comrade. In the brief respite that followed, Larian wiped his hands on his shirt and took a firmer grip, readying himself for a second pass. But it turned out to be unnecessary. Rosalind leaped onto the brigands while they were still tangled together, her knife darting to take the first in the throat and the second in the chest. Both looked unbelieving as they fell, stricken by a petite female. The brigand leader was stunned as well. Eyes wide, he looked from the two dead men to Rosalind and then back it for a moment. Then he laughed, a throaty guffaw that echoed through the cave chamber. <laughs> the kitten has claws. I'm going to enjoy this. 
He moved so quickly, drawing and attacking in one fluid motion that Larian didn't realize the brigand leader's sword was out of his scabbard until it was almost to his throat. Only a desperate parry and a leap backward saved his life, but his back slammed into the cave wall and he lost his breath for a moment. The leader advanced, sensing Larian's disorientation. But again, Rosalind saved him. She came at the leader from the side, her knife stabbing at his kidney. She didn't even look away from Larian as he moved his left hand from the grip of his sword and grabbed Rosalind's knife hand in mid-stab. She blinked in surprise, then squealed in pain when the leader turned his hand over and pressed up, putting her into a wrist lock that forced her up onto her toes. <coughs> Excuse me. Larian heard the clink of her knife hitting the stone floor as he pushed himself off the wall. He attacked, a low cut that stopped midway and became a rising thrust toward the leader's sternum, but he was unsuccessful again. The leader executed some kind of spiraling parry that Larian had never seen before, and somehow he found himself stumbling backwards, seeing stars as the pommel of the leader's sword struck him in the back of his head. Stumbling forward, I'm sorry, seeing stars. Man, that's why I don't read these things for a living. Larian hit the deck hard, losing his breath for a second time. He expected the killing blow to fall, but it never came. He heard scuffling above him, then a gurgling groan and a heavy thud next to him. He turned his head and found himself looking into the brigand leader's wide, dead eyes. Forcing himself to his knees, he saw a knife buried hilt deep into the leader's solar plexus. Disbelieving, he looked up at Rosalyn. She was breathing heavily, but appeared unharmed. How? She shrugged. He lost focus. I had another knife. Good job distracting him, Larian. Rosalyn took his hand and helped him to his feet. You okay? <laughs> I will be in a minute. Rubbing the back of his head, he breathed deeply for several moments. Then a thought hit him. You didn't see my armor anywhere, did you? It's an army issue, and I'll have to pay to replace it. Rosalind nodded. It's around the corner with the rest of your stuff. That's where I found your sword. Well, that's a relief. They stepped around the corner and retrieved Larian's armor. It took several moments to don it, even with Rosalind's help. Every time part of the armor clanked, Larian thought, sure, the remaining brigands must have heard and would be coming running. But that never happened. Although, as he thought about it, Larian realized... If they hadn't heard all the fighting, they wouldn't hear this comparatively soft noise. Still, where were they all? You look very handsome in your armor, Larian, Rosalyn said, as she tugged one of his chest straps tight. What? Uh oh, thanks. It feels good to wear, actually. Once it's all on, I almost don't feel the weight is balanced so well. He gave her a quick grin, then looked away down the cave toward the next chamber. What are you looking for? On my account, there should be six more of these guys somewhere. They could come at any minute. Oh. Uh, Rosalind stood, having finished tightening the straps, and looked away, biting her lip almost shyly. What's wrong? Well, see, they kept me in a storeroom behind their sleeping quarters. After I did for my guard, I came out and found four of them asleep. She made a cutting gesture across her throat with her hand. Then there was another one in the hall I managed to catch from behind. I think I heard they were sending one guy to town for supplies. Arian's jaw dropped. For a long moment, he was completely speechless. Then he started laughing uproariously. Rosalind frowned slightly and rested her hands on her hips. What's so funny? He raised his hand in a placating gesture. It's just, well, I can't rescue you. It appears I was completely unnecessary. Her frown changing to a gentle smile, Rosalind stepped forward and embraced him. Larry and I love that you came to my rescue, but after they captured you, he opened his mouth to speak and she laid a finger on his lips, silencing him. I've been saving myself for you. There's no way I was going to allow those beasts to have my maidenhood. Better to die fighting. You taught me that. Larian blinked and smiled sheepishly and gave her a long, lingering kiss. Eventually, they parted and equipped. That's my girl. 
Let's get out of here. They took the best part of a day to get back home. They arrived just after dark to the amazed delight of their neighbors, friends, and family. That night, the town threw an impromptu party that turned into a full-on celebration where the citizens learned of the brigands' fate. Later, after the party died down, Rosalind taught him another part of what it means to be a man. The next day, Larian's father awoke for the first time since the raid. The village healers were amazed, calling it a miracle. Larian had three days before he had to depart to make it back in time before his leave expired. Those days passed quickly, but they were among the best he could recall in his entire life. All the same, when he left town, he reflected on his adventure and decided that when he got back to his platoon, he was not going to speak a word of it to anyone. Ever. And you can imagine some why, right? I mean, it's a little bit embarrassing. you got to save the girl, the girl saves you instead. I mean, what's a guy going to do, right? Now, like I said, I think this was the first short story I ever wrote. Um, and as before with the uh, other early ones I've written, uh, I think it holds up okay. Obviously, it's uh, rough and I could do much better now. Of course, when I wrote this what, six years ago. Um, Obviously, I took a little bit of license with reality, right? I mean, this first couple of rigans wearing leather armor is a girl going to be able to stab a guy all the way clean through his chest with thick leather armor on? No, most guys couldn't do that, no, most girls. But still, it's fun, right? So, eh, what are you going to do? I thought it was kind of a amusing twist on a tale. And so, that's it. I'm holding off the kids while I finish up with you here. Oh no, oh no, they're invading, they're invading! <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of Storytime with Michael Kingswood. Come by my website, michaelkingswood.com, for information about my work. There you can sign up for a newsletter where I tell about new releases and special promotions. Guaranteed to be spam free. Or just drop me an email at michael at michaelkingswood.com and I look forward to hearing from you. If you really like my stuff and feel like giving me a buck, drop by Patreon and sign up to be a patron. As always, if you like today's story, be sure to leave a review on your favorite online bookstore and share this podcast with all your friends. This production is copyright Michael Kingswood. Intro and outro music copyright Jean Paul Zogby, licensed through stockmusic.net. All rights reserved.